Hello, and welcome to episode 92 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Josh Tanny. Josh is the writer of Warm Blood, coming out in May 2020 from Bono Books. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, why don't you give us a quick bio about yourself and the, the books that you've made, and then we'll, we'll, talk about, uh, we'll talk about this new book and all of your projects. Sure. It's uh, nice to meet you and Noah. Thanks for inviting me to your podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Tierney. I live in Ontario, Canada. Um, I've been writing comics professionally since I was about 25. My works include Sparrow for Archaea and Boom Studios, Hunters for Lion Porch and Buno Bucks, and now Warm Blood coming soon from Buno Bucks. Very cool. So uh, what was, was, was Spiro the, the, the first book that you, that you made? Yes, my first published work was the first book in the Sparrow series. Um, we released five books in the series so far. And so that's that awesome. that's that's uh, that's continuing, or is that uh, is that finished up at the at the fifth uh, fifth volume? Uh, there's one volume left, which is currently digital only, and we're looking into releasing it physically at some point in the future. So, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the story of uh, of that book? Uh, sure. Sparrow's about two princesses going on adventures together with their fire dog and warrior cat. It's heavily inspired by fairy tales and Japanese RPGs from the Super Nintendo and PlayStation days. Very cool. And I've noticed you have a, you, you mainly work in the fantasy genre, right? Um, or do you, do you work in other genres? Uh, I actually, I try to work in a different genre for each project. So Spera is fantasy, um, Warm Blood is kind of an absurdist take on a high school drama slash horror comic slash mystery. And I did do a sci-fi miniseries a few years ago. Very cool. And um, I guess then my follow-up question is because you said that the Spiro was very influenced by, uh, you know, uh, Nintendo games, Japanese games, yeah. and, uh, you know, Japanese storytelling. And I was noticing that with Warm Blood as well, there's a lot of manga influence there as well. Was that sort of a big point of inspiration for your career is, uh, you know, the, the Japanese storytelling? I think... My favorite storytelling medium in general is manga at its okay. best. Um, just because it's long form, it's usually by one or two creators telling a single story, and it really gives you time to become invested um, in the characters in the story. And I do think that's been a, an influence on my larger projects like Sparrow and Warm Blood. That's awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to have especially when you're trying to tell very character oriented stories, it's important to have a consistent team on there, but also a, a consistent vision vision and uh, a long time to, to develop those characters. Yes, totally agree. 
So you had said earlier um, in the, the the bio you gave us that uh, Spiro had been nominated for 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 a number of awards. What was it like to to find out that uh, there was so much critical praise for for that book? Uh, I think when it was nominated for an Eisner, that was when I realized that I wanted comics to be my career, since when the book did release at that time, I still viewed it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess when I realized people actually respected what I was doing, I started to take it even more seriously and put more focus on my work. That's very cool. How did you end up getting the project at Boom? Was this an idea that you had had previously to taking it over there? I mean, Spiro, I mean. Um, oh, for Spera? Yeah. Uh, Spera, like Warm Blood, it started as a webcomic, only it was a very experimental webcomic where it would be, for the most part, illustrations followed by prose, like oh. text that I wrote. Um, and then when Archaea picked it up, with Archaea eventually. Um, becoming imprint of Boom. But when, when Arcaea picked it up, we uh, converted the webcomic into a more traditional comic. So the prose, was it like a script afterwards? Or I mean, I guess, no, that's a dumb question. The prose, did you have to convert that into a comic script then afterwards? Or did you keep the <laughs> like, prose format? Yeah, it's like, um, it's a surprisingly complex way to start a comic. Which yeah. is proof that when I started, um, I thought it was a lot of it more as a hobby. With Spera, I wrote it as a novella first okay. because I didn't really think I'd be writing comics at all. Um, but I knew a lot of illustrators, and I thought it would be fun to work on a collaborative comic where after and before sections of prose, they would provide illustrations and short comics based on the prose. And then we took that and then turned it into a traditional comic for the book. That's got to be a hard process. So would you, yeah. Did you, did you just give the artist the prose and then they would decide how they would interpret that into a comic? Yeah, that was how it started. And then when we converted it into a traditional comic, that was my first time actually writing a comic script. That's really Um, cool. And did you continue writing just like most of your stories in prose from there on out? Or did you sort of abandon that and just go straight to writing scripts? No, uh, I still kind of wrote short stories. Um, also writing Spera as a comic. And then when I decided to focus on comics, which is when I got the Eisner nomination, that was when I finally shed my prose inclinations and just focused entirely on uh, comics scripting. That's very cool. It's interesting is that we always ask the writers that come on here how they write their how they write their comics and I always like to ask if they ever start with the prose and then work that into a comic and uh, very few people say that they do. Oh yeah. It's interesting it's interesting though is that recently like you're the second person we've had on in a month okay. that has had history with converting prose into comics so that's always fascinating to me 
Who was the other? Uh, was that uh that was um Jay Sandlin, wasn't that Matt? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, he works with uh, SourcePoint Press, and yeah, he writes it in prose first, and then converts it into a script. Cool. Did you have to um, look get any uh, like reference scripts to or any any books like Understanding Comics to sort of take that prose work and and break it down, or did you did you find it to be a uh, natural process where you could kind of look at a sentence and go that sentence equals um equals a panel about half this page is paragraph equals um equals a page of comics or how did, how did you do that uh i started scripting without looking at any reference material like i, I didn't look at other professional comic scripts i just came up with my own format mm -hmm. which is basically traditional comics scripting i break it down into panels I describe what's happening in each panel, uh, sometimes including the framing, sometimes including the character blocking, like where the characters are in the panel, uh, and then provide the dialogue and sound effects. That's very were, cool. Were there any sort of uh, like uh, first time mistakes that you made with the script um, with, with the conversion? I know because like for myself, the first time I did something, I realized that because um, you said that you did the blocking, like uh, I realized too late that the the first person speaking needed to be like on the left of the panel. Were there were there anything that you that you you encountered that you had to go back and and fix the the, the first time? Uh, I think something that took me a while to get a hang of is how many panels can fit on a page, mm -hmm. um, and. Definitely pacing, like, I like to put space between conversations sometimes, mm -hmm. um, just so that a page isn't just covered in dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an, definitely something is how much dialogue can go onto each panel, um, especially, like, since I mentioned earlier, I'm very much influenced by manga style storytelling. And in manga panels, you're going to get like one or two lines of dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, well, more so in North American comics, you can see like full paragraphs of dialogue in a panel. Right. And I kind of shy away from that a bit because I think it can make comics feel a bit stiff. Um, and I think uh, something that distinguishes my writing is my character banter. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a lot of banter in my comics. It's basically how I tell my stories. Um, and I think I just I kind of found a rhythm where it just it feels a bit more natural and believable how I move from panel to panel, at least I hope that's the case. Yeah, so um, let's turn our attention to, to Warm Blood, the, the, the most recent project. Uh, when did you get the, 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 the idea for, for this story? Uh, so so the, the inspiration for Warm Blood, um, 
I was watching the second season of the Scream TV show. Okay. Which is oh, yeah. like pretty trashy entertainment. <laughs> but I was watching it and enjoying it because I enjoy trashy entertainment. And I was just comparing what I was watching with what my own high school experiences were like. So uh, where I live, there's no middle school. It goes from elementary school, which is grade one to grade eight, to secondary school, also called high school, okay. which is grade nine to grade 12, which means it's possible for somebody to enter high school here at age 13. Right. Um, and there are a lot of like high school murder mysteries on Netflix and books and stuff. But since um, a lot of them are written by Americans, I think high school for you is like, what are the grades for high school? Are you American? Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> okay. ninth through 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's yeah. ninth through 12th? Yeah. Yeah, there's okay. a... There's a sec the the secondary school in between elementary and middle, so uh, you have a you have a you have a brief transition where it sounds like you guys are have a much uh, harsher transition from yeah, we, we the elementary to, to to the secondary school. So yeah, I could I could see where where that could be uh, a bit overwhelming. Yeah. So I kind of thought, what would what would it be like if a character came into one of these high school murder mysteries and they were just like 13 years old mm-hmm. and that was how I started writing Warm Blood. That's a fascinating, that's a fascinating idea and a cool way to introduce a form of, I mean, I guess like just something that like readers here in the United States might not be familiar with, but you know, and it's also so ingrained in culture is sort of the American idea of what high school is. So yeah. it's cool to play against type and to also have fun at the same time. So um, there was a couple of things that struck me um, when, when I read this. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, uh, and I, I, I'm hoping that I get this right. There's a lot of like uh, that J.J. Abrams, like mystery box stuff going on where there's a lot of stuff that like, uh, you know, there's a, this mystery and it's, it's, uh, you know, we're getting clues, but we're never really, we're never really getting the answer. So was, was that something that uh, inspired you here? Uh, I know what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that specifically. For most of my stories have a level of absurdism mm-hmm. to them. And I think the mysteries in Warm Blood are closer to what you'd find in David Lynch, like Twin Peaks. And Mulholland Drive. That was going to be um, the the second uh, question I asked. I was going to yeah. ask where he was. I'll, the, I'll, the and I was going to ask how you defined absurdism, but that just answered everything. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> so yeah, in uh, Warm Blood, you do encounter things that go unexplained, but kind of open up different mysteries for readers to like latch on to and question. Um, So um, let's talk a little bit about the the the, the transition from from web web comic to, to putting this together. Um, uh, so this this first volume that's coming out in 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 May it has it has five chapters. It's about uh, I think about 130 uh, pages. Um, how did you 
how how did you did the the release schedule did you always kind of know like where the chapters ended or like when you put the book together did you go you know this is sort of the end of act one so i'm gonna i'm gonna you know give it a chapter mark here or, or were those noted like as it came out as a webcomic um So I write each each chapter is twenty two pages in length. Okay. I, I like to give myself um, structure so that I can try to work around it and I know what I'm aiming for. So I, I really structure my stuff. So each chapter is um, twenty two pages. Each story arc is five chapters. Okay. And. When I put the chapters on Webtoon, I break each chapter down into episodes, which is six episodes, because each chapter has six artists. Okay. <laughs> um, the book itself is, is over 30 artists in it. That's amazing. And was that a, so I guess that was a, that's a, that's something, was that something that you were intending to do when you went into the books is to have like, you know, different artists, like switching up the artist all the time? Or was that uh, just something that happened then you just continued with it? So when I started writing Warm Blood, I started writing it as a personal work um, for my own satisfaction. And I wrote it for a few months before I even thought to show it to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did show it to a few of my friends and they liked it. So I thought I'd turn it into a webcomic. Um, so working with so many artists are they working sort of uh sequentially or do you have like uh are you do you say like hey like this artist might work best for for this part but that's not the 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 next part for release so let me sort of give them that and let them get uh you know a head start or are you sort of uh you know this chapter's done um i need to bring this 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 episode to to webtoon so um, you know, we're, we're working on this a few weeks in advance. How, how does that all work? Uh, I work on one full chapter at a time, which means every month I'm working with six artists. Okay. Sometimes while working on one chapter, I'll get a head start on the next one. Sometimes I think I need a break because of the amount of work involved. So mm -hmm. I'll wait until one chapter is done before I work on the next one. Um, uh, six episodes, 22 pages is done at a time. It usually takes about a month to do. Okay. Because that's one of the pluses of working with multiple artists is that they can just jump in, do a few pages, and then go back to their own, their personal work or their career or whatever. So working with uh, so many artists, um, and I know that you said that you like the the absurd uh, nature of it and sort of that gives it like a like a tonal shift like, uh, you know, as, it almost like as scenes change the the art change because I know at that one point um, there's a there's a slumber party and uh, the two of the girls go to go outside of the home to to investigate something that goes bump in the night. And, you know, the transition from in the bedroom to, to walking out the window into the night, the, the snowy night, that's where, where the art changes. So, like, uh, with the scene change, 
Um, did you like try to time that up with, with, with the art change? Cause that was a really cool transition in the book. Uh, thank you. So when I'm actually writing the chapters, I don't take that into consideration. Um, mainly because I'm worried that if I do take, break it down into scenes beforehand, um, the story will feel a bit disjointed. And because of the um, multiple artist structure, by default, it's going to feel a bit disjointed. So I don't want to like exacerbate that at all. Um, so when I'm writing, I just write it as I normally would. And then when I'm done writing, that's when I go through it and then figure out what the six scenes are and then divide those up amongst the artists. And uh, with the with the art changes, um, again, I, this is probably something due to the structure of working so quickly with Webtoons, but um, do you envision that to sort of aid to like what is real and, and what's not real? Because it again, it gives us this feeling of this is not like what I just saw. Is this, you know, is somebody imagining this? Is this an hallucination or is this spoiler alert uh, for the book? But is this possibly somebody who's, you know, dead and past that's that's uh, coming and, and talking to, to our main character? Was uh, was does that help out or was that was that a plan? Yeah. I don't think I'll ever say what's real and what's not real mm -hmm. um, because that's what leads to the best conversations in the comments sections on yeah. webtoon. And I don't want to take that away from people. Mm -hmm. I will say that even though this wasn't intended beforehand, I do think that the multiple artist approach does give the comic a more subjective feel, especially since for the most part, um, Penny, the protagonist, is in every single scene. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I do feel like every scene is kind of colored differently by her emotions and that comes out in the art. And uh, going back to what you said, do you, do you like, do you get a, do you like reading the comments or is that sort of a mixed bag of of feelings when you read them? No, I love reading the comments. Um, That's great. So when I did Spera as a webcomic, this was 10 years ago, and there weren't really places for webcomics to go that had an active social aspect to them. Mm -hmm. So I just had a domain where I put the comic up and that was it. And then sometimes people found it and then would email me about it. But that was the extent of my interactions with people who are reading it. And now that um, I'm posting on Webtoon, uh, each episode that I put up usually gets around like 10 different comments of varying detail. And some of them are really involved and they, they, I don't know, they really identify with the characters, which means a lot to me. And they try to work out the mysteries amongst themselves. And I really enjoy seeing that from a distance. Mm 
So when when you read the comments, do you do you chuckle if somebody's way off base or if somebody's sort of on onto something? Do you do you go, oh, uh, they're they're, they're on to me, uh, or is it a little bit of a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both. Um, I like seeing both comments equally. I click the like button for both equally. Cool. Um, That's very good. And so what led you to webtoons posting on webtoons was that just sort of a, a natural conclusion had you tried other sites out and then just found a a good home there or have you always been posting to webtoons for your web comics uh no i when i started i wasn't really thinking about that i thought i would just do it like Spera again so i got a domain and then the pages are hosted on Tumblr and there's no comment section there. And that was right. where I was posting for about a year. Mm -hmm. um, but then a friend of mine suggested that I start posting them on Webtoon. So I did that. And that's when it really found an audience. Yeah, because like Webtoons is pretty much the, uh, the, the, the biggest place for, for, for webcomics, correct? Definitely. From what I've seen, um, between that Tumblr, I think one's called Smack Jeeves, one's called Tapas. Mm -hmm. I think, at least for me, Webtoon has been the biggest and Warren Blood has found the largest audience there. Cool. So um, how were you approached by, uh, by Storm and Benno Books to, uh, to bring this uh, together as a, uh, as a, a volume and a print, print comic? Um, they put out a comic that I worked on with Paul Mayberry called Hunters. Okay. Which is kind of a Conan the Barbarian inspired fantasy epic. Um, and because Storm took a chance on that, I thought he might be interested in warm blood as well. Mm -hmm. So when we completed work on hunters, I sent um, Storm my pitch package, and he liked it, so I signed the contract with him. That's very awesome. cool. And uh, so let's go back a little bit to to the first book um, that was picked up by Boom and Archaea. Like, what was it like? Um, holding that or, or walking into the shop and, and seeing that uh, on, on a shelf? Um, yeah, it definitely, it gave me shivers. Uh -huh. I've been a comics fan my entire life. Mm -hmm. um, and since I was a little kid, even, even though like I did focus on prose for such a long time, when I was a teenager, that's when I thought I'd be a novelist or a short story writer um, but when I was a kid I always thought that I'd be a comics creator so when I saw Spare on the shelf and my dream came true I don't know I, I guess I feel like the child version of me his dreams were validated or whatever that's, that's awesome cool. So, um, do you have uh, do you have any other like uh, projects that you're that you're thinking about, or is is Warm Blood sort of uh, taking taking most of your focus? Uh, you know, working on 
all those episodes, chapters, and, and volumes? Or is there is there something that you're that you're thinking about, or something that you're working about uh, working about on on the side? I do have one large project that will either come out at the end of this year at the earliest, okay, or the beginning of next year at the latest. Um, I'm honestly not, not sure how much I can say about it. No, understandable. So I'll just say that for now, and I hope people will look forward to it. Um, but right now, Warm Blood and the first collected edition coming out in May are my main focus. And uh, I know that you're uh, that you're you're based out of Canada, and there's there's some there's some pretty big cons up there. Um, are you, you are you hitting the the con circuit in Canada, and, and possibly here here in the in the states this uh, this summer? Uh, right now, this year, my only plan is to go to the Toronto Comics Arts Festival. Okay, known as TCAF, which is in the middle of May. Okay. I think it's Mother's Day weekend, but I'll be debuting the collected edition of Warm Blood there a couple weeks before it's released in stores. Very cool. We have a we have a friend we spoke to in the summertime who works in the the U.S. Uh, just the, the U.S. distribution of um, Nobro books, and he highly recommends that convention. Um, so yes, I haven't been yeah. to uh, many conventions in my life so far. But TCAF is definitely my favorite. It's free to get into, and um, it's focused on independent creators. Mm -hmm. Like they don't turn away superhero creators, but the focus is more on works outside of the superhero genre. And they have kind of a soft no cosplay rule. Mm -hmm. And I do like cosplay as well. But all of this is just to give way more attention to the comics and the creators themselves, uh, which is a bit different from other conventions that I've been to. So, so for something that's in in, in Canada like that, uh, do the the Canadian creators say like your your Jeff Lemire's do do they get uh, do they get uh, extra attention or uh, you know being uh, you know from the from the from the same country yeah from what i've seen in the conventions i've been to they do put a focus on local and national talent that's pretty cool um so uh why don't you let everybody know where they can find you online i know that the uh, the book will be available uh from from benno's site and it's it's on amazon but why don't you let people know um where they can find you and where they can find uh, uh, your web comics and uh, and more about uh, this book. Sure. Um, the book will be available in comic and bookstores in addition to online. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JW Tierney mm -hmm. and Instagram at Josh W Tierney. Um, if you search Warm Blood on Webtoons should be the first result. Okay. And you can also go to warmbloodcomic.com. Um, warmbloodcomic.com is more intended for 
personal computers. Um, we put very high quality PNGs of all the pages on there. Um, so if you're reading on your phone, I'd suggest Webtoon, but if you're reading on your computer, I recommend going to onebloodcomic.com for the best reading experience. And is the release schedule the same on, on both of those? No. Um, warmbloodcomic.com um, will have a full chapter monthly. Okay. I don't put a release schedule on it just in case I do miss a month. Um, but for Webtoons, a new episode goes up every Monday. Awesome. Uh, Noah, do you have any uh, final thoughts or any questions before we close up? Um, nope, just very happy to have you on. And I'm very excited to read the rest of Warm Bloods now because it sounds like a great book and uh, I like your your style and how you've described it. So, uh, and uh, okay. for good luck on your part for the rest of your career. Thank you so much. Yeah, I got to, I got to read it and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm glad that you brought up the... Uh, the, the Twin Peaks vibe because I got that and that's a uh, that's a that's a a favorite of mine so uh, that's yeah. I, I I really enjoyed it um, yeah I think my two biggest influences if I had to name them would be David Lynch for the atmosphere and absurdism and then just manga for that style of storytelling yeah I uh, I I I I got that a lot like the uh, um, the, the, my biggest, uh, my biggest connection to, to manga and it's probably for, for most people is Akira and you basically, you, I mean, the, the subject matter is, is different, but it did have that, uh, it did have that manga pacing like that you have in Akira where you're, um, like you said earlier, you know, it's, it's, it's flowing very quickly. The, the, you know, one or two lines from, from, from the, yeah. uh, from each character. So I, I, I saw that as well. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. Great, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, so if anybody would like to give us a rating and review on any uh, of the podcasting services that you're using, we would really appreciate it. If anybody wants to follow the podcast, we are on Twitter, at ConstructComPod. We are on Instagram, at ConstructingComicsPod, Facebook and YouTube, Constructing Comics, and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you. <laughs>